Hello and welcome to Contemplations, and I'm very pleased to have here um, three guests for my Halloween special. And of course, we have Harry, who bra, is bra. <laughs> who has come as himself, um, who's already scary enough. So we felt like he didn't need a costume, and I, definitely I'm, not that he's too I'm lazy. A, I'm a delinquent youth, bruv. Please don't talk like that for the rest of this. Otherwise, no, I won't. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll knife myself. <laughs> and uh, we have Connor here, who is... Uh, also myself. Yeah, he's just come in on his day off. Um, he's been working very hard. He's up a bit better. Yeah, we, we caught him on an off day. He forgot what was going on, and so he had to come in in a hurry. And he's still got a bit of red on him, I presume. You're redecorating the house? Oh, uh, you caught me listening to Huey Lewis in the news. Of course it was. And, and my very first guest on Contemplations, and that is, of course, Proper Horror Show. Very pleased to have you. We've all been on your show before, and so it's a pleasure to have you here on mine. I'm delighted to return the favour. I, I actually just came in because this guy needs to return some videotapes, and the fine's <laughs> pretty big now, given that we went bankrupt in 2013. I don't think we can read out the titles because it is a family-friendly show. Yes, but what we're going to be talking about today um, are various things to do with horror, and one of the things I wanted to point out is that horror movies, if it's a particularly good one, um, may elicit things like fear, sorrow, <laughs> terror, anxiety, but that... Um, that is the purpose of the genre, it's yes. It's like watching yes. a Lotus Eaters. Um, not only is that the emotions you feel watching our news segments, but also it, it brings up the question of, these are all negative emotions, people don't like feeling negative emotions, what's going on here? Well, it depends on the context. Yes, but <laughs> more generally speaking, would you rather be happy than sad? I'm a miserable bastard, so ask me. It depends on the day of the week. All right, well, I'll ask someone who isn't a contrarian then. Um, <laughs> I think the, the point I'm making here is that it's an unusual mechanism that we deliberately put ourselves in situations where it would otherwise be considered uncomfortable, right? And we get some sort of pleasure out of it. But first, I think it's worthwhile just talking about horror more generally and just talking about horror in cinema. So... It's still regarded as somewhat of a niche film category, and I don't think that that's necessarily warranted anymore because in the past it tended not to do well in awards and uh, at the box office, but it's almost certainly been growing in recent years. What, what, what do you guys reckon? The general perception is not flattering. If you ask most people about horror, they're going to tell you that horror movies are always about some big-breasted girl who can't act, who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting to a genre that is capable of some really high heights. Mm, absolutely. Know, sounds like my kind of film, to be honest. Yeah, you, you, you haven't sold Connor there. That was all the right buzzwords. What do you reckon, Harry? Uh, yeah, I think that there is a certain strata of horror film that aims a lot higher and can be very artistic, explore some really intelligent and in-depth themes. And then you do get the Blumhouse types, which for the most part give them a bit of a bad name, where it is more of just a, a scream thriller type, where you get exactly what Chloe is describing, where it's just you stupid people doing stupid things for the purpose of getting a jump scare or two. And they drag the genre down, but like all genres, you will get really good examples and they will be the smaller, the, the lower percentage and really bad examples, which will be the vast majority of them. So if you just judge every film genre by the massive deluge of crap you get, then all of them are going to come out looking terrible. Absolutely, I, I do agree with that. And there is also some virtue to a bad horror film. I think out of all of the they films be to be done badly, like 
out of all the genres, if there's a bad film coming from one of those, it, if it were a horror film, I would certainly enjoy it the most. Like a Freddy Krueger killing someone with the N64 glove in Freddy's Dead Final Nightmare. Wait, does he do that? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he controls a kid in his dreams and has him fall down stairs into like the pits of hell or something. I've only yeah. watched the first um, nightmare film, and I remember really enjoying it up until that really rubbish cliff uh, like sequel bait ending that they put in. That's bad. Don't watch the second one because it's all about gay subtext. It's really weird. I've heard about that. Yeah. I think you've spoken about that on oh, your yeah. channel. Yeah, it's really strange. Third one's great, Dream Warriors, because they basically form a an X Men. Sounds like a band. I need it, to form that band. Essentially, is they have a really good rock song over the credits. They form a kind of New Mutants X-Men thing or where they try and fight Freddy with dream powers. It's it's actually decent. You've got a younger Lawrence Fishburne in there as well. It's it's pretty good. You're right. Oh, yeah, 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 a good cameo good. role. Yeah, a lot of people would say like with Elm Street, the first one was good, but the rest sucked. But no, Tony Dream Warriors, Todd. great. Welcome to prime time. <laughs> Tony Todd. Oh. Is he in it? No, alas, no. alas, you have to go straight to 1992's Candyman for that. That's a or great film. That's a Night the Living film. Dead remake, but you know. I, I've always thought that if you kill someone with a power glove, they should have shown a scene where he's getting frustrated at how irresponsive it is and he's struggling to get it to work. Just like, lob a Wii remote yeah. between his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that the perception of horror films might slowly be changing because, of course, in 2017, Stephen King's It, um, or the novel um, that it was drawn from, generated 700 million in global ticket sales, which was, I think, the most successful horror film of all time. One of the highest rated rated R films at the time as well, I believe. Yeah, and its production budget was only 35 million as well, which also showed to many uh, film companies that it can be profitable. I mean, I I horror say, films have been profitable for a while. Mm. Oh yeah, well, the Exorcist budget, but the, the big profit was major. Budgets, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Most of the profitable ones have been small budget, big profit. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say That's a model. Every year. Mm -hmm. It, 2017, is probably not the best example of horror, because even though we have Pennywise behind us, it's basically the Goonies, so it's a lot more accessible. It, it is, yeah. Which is what makes it a really good film. I also Take didn't find rubbish. it scary. I just no. thought it was amusing. Yeah. Like, I, I just enjoyed the character of Pennywise. He was just, like, trolling some children and winding them up and scaring them. It, and, like, it, when he's doing his little jig thing. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's, I, it's it's like going through a theme park funhouse ride where you've got all the spooky things popping out at you every so often. It's more more for fun than to generate a sense of fear. I found myself somewhat endeared to him. I don't know why. I almost Is that more was a of the part sad. two thing, maybe. I, I don't know. It's certainly not the the novels itself because in the novels itself, there's some questionable stuff in there. I thought it was the enlarged cranium. You were just pointing at the screen like I was of Ryan Gosling in Barbie going, OMG, he's literally me. <laughs> I do not have a big head. It, it's just full of knowledge. Right? No, that's Josh Four watching Reanimator. <laughs> exactly. So, only six films have been nominated for Oscars. Can we guess which films these are? Ooh, Obviously, if you're guessing at home, don't Google it because that's cheating. Is it The Shining? No, but I'm surprised it's not there because it's probably my favourite horror film, if I, you can call it that. I watched it this past Saturday because it was just on TV and I forgot what an incredible film. It's brilliant, is. isn't it? It's Kubrick. Everything he touches turns to gold. What about The Exorcist? That's on there, yeah. That's the, the first one. Was that a, was that a makeup uh, award, if I remember? Or was that... Oh, were these just generalised Oscar nominations? Yes, it it may well have been. I, I can't remember. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll cheat a bit. I, Science of the Lambs will be on there. That, uh, yes. that won the big 
big five, I think. Did it, it did indeed. It yeah. got um, Best Actress, Actor and Director. It's not really a horror film. I was going to say, I don't really think of it as a horror film, but I can mm. see why people would classify there's, it. There's another one like that that's not necessarily a horror film, even though it, it follows the same tropes. Think of, uh, well, think of 1975, the year, um, and also Water. What? Waterworld, Kevin Costner? Jaws? <laughs> that was the 90s. Oh, Jaws. Yes. There we go, yes. Um, the, that the, was nominated. The original blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Misery was... N- Misery one, didn't... Yeah. Um, Woman in Misery. She has a name. Kathy, I never remember. Kathy, Thank you. Kathy Bates. Bates. Kathy Bates. Yep. I think she, she was nominated. I don't know if she won, but she got the nomination at least. Uh, I don't think Jaws won anything in the end. Um, uh, is that misery. Oh, misery. Misery, sorry. Uh, 1990. Okay. Um, and then jumping forwards because we've got The Exorcist, Jaws and Silence of the Lambs those are the first three we've got the later three now um, starting with 1999 oh Eyes Wide Shut no I, that should have been a horror film that's a documentary yeah. much like Silence of the Lambs at this point let's be honest <laughs> yeah I'm just thinking uh, Kubrick got passed up for a lot of Oscars over he did career, so um, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't guess Kubrick Gosh, no. What even came out in um, 1999? Small Soldiers. That's that's a great film. Um, Bruce uh, Willis in it. Oh, so, um, oh Six Sense. Sense. There we yeah, go. It's not yeah. a horror movie, is it? Well, th- these are things that are but, classed. Right. The Oscars is manned by pussies, so we've got to <laughs> judge by their standards. If, if, we're about, if we talk about M. Night Shyamalan's career history, there are things he's made far more horrible than that. Yeah. <laughs> like Avatar The Last Airbender. Now that's a scary. And then we need to go to 2010 for the next one. Um, I thought this was quite a good film, actually. I quite enjoyed it. It took me by surprise. 10 horror films. Like Cabin in the Woods or something like that. No, that's 2012 no. that came out in. I saw that in the cinema, actually. Can, can um, you give me a hint? It's got a shade in the title. Got a shade in the title. So the shades are black or white. So you've got uh, okay. 50-50 there. Woman in Black. No. That was 2012 as well, I think. Mm-hmm. No, no. Black Swan, not necessarily a horror movie. These are these are what I've been. The most horrifying thing about that film was the skin peeling back. No, the most horrifying scene about that film was the fact that the Mila Kunis scene with Natalie Portman did not go on for two hours. For God's sake, you're really (laughs) embodying your character right now, aren't you? (laughs) Mila, are you going to look at it? Are you going to eat it? We we really are suiting our characters at the minute. I'm the one. You know, citing facts and jargon. I'm a Connor's being uh, some sort of weirdo misogynist. I did want to come in the like mm-hmm. when he wheels the chainsaw, but I didn't think it would be appropriate as an outfit. You can bring in a chainsaw. It would have been work. easy, low effort. Mm-hmm. And then the final one was 2017. Anyone? Hereditary? No, that that was around then. There was. Uh, it? Would it be it? No. Okay. 2017. Um. I think, I think this one actually has. Films I, saw. I think this one actually has more credibility as a horror film as well, but not necessarily a conventional one. It had a an interesting premise to it. Right, give us a hint with the name. It's two words. I feel like I'm playing charades now. Justice League for Henry Cavill CGI moustache. <laughs> I don't guess. watch those films. Was it? Uh, was, uh, I know it's got vert in it, but Last Jedi because that was a terrifying <laughs> film. The, the horror of that was that I had to pay money to see it. I know, I know. Go on uh, then, what is it? Get Out. 
course. Everybody <laughs> immediately deflates. Yeah. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. Jordan Field. Uh, we've it seen meant, it. it yeah. It's had so much to say about society, guys. And the award for the most compelling float of setting eyes goes to... Oh. <laughs> I too have seen that ER review. Congratulations. <laughs> so now, you know, this isn't exactly the best sort of overview of what horror films are. So I thought it'd be useful to go through some of these subgenres of horror film because I think these best encapsulate what a horror film is. And these are arbitrary categories that I've come up with myself. But I'm very confident that these are pretty much how I would categorize most horror films. So I've got one, which is the supernatural, occult, and paranormal, which I tend to find in my cup of tea. I quite like a film in that sort of subgenre. What what examples have you got for that? Um, Poltergeist, well, yeah, Poltergeist. Poltergeist is one. Um, Exorcist, I would probably yeah, say, is in, fits in paranormal there. activity. Um, was one that was quite big, wasn't it, when it came out? I forgot those it's films the most existed. Profitable film of its year, I really? Think. Yeah. I mean, oh it's, wow! It's a classic thing. Tiny budget you can just trot them out. I suppose you just need to rent a house and get some tiny pieces of like fishing line to move cupboards, and that's your budget. And that's very easy, actually. Now I think about it. Um, then, of course, there's psychological horror, and um, and any personal favourites from that sort of category. If we're counting Silence of the Lambs, then definitely. I think that certainly counts. What well, um, it, it kind of jumps over a few. It skips over a few subgenres, but possession from 1981 definitely has some body horror Cronenberg-esque stuff in it but also is very psychologically traumatizing to watch you've, throw you've in, covered that <laughs> yeah oh, that was that's, that's a hard one to watch isn't it hard but gosh darn it it was it's a great film yeah. it's got so much to say uh, I'll, I'll throw the cat among the pigeons with uh, Mulholland Drive you know yeah wonderful <laughs> psychological horror one of my favourites Lynch is probably I would say an underappreciated psychological horror director because most of his films could easily fit into that I mean I category. agree it was torture <laughs> <laughs> there was there was that one scene you liked come on She's all right. And, Twin uh, Peaks could also be. Yeah, Twin sorry. Peaks has got some pretty horrifying <laughs> stuff throughout it. I've I, I got to throw in a modern one, like um, Black Coat's Daughter uh, or February in some regions is, is brilliant. I haven't actually one. seen that. Under I've not seen looking. those either. I, I forgot to mention in The Supernatural and Paranormal that The Shining is my favourite sort of horror film more generally. That's I think it, it definitely qualifies as a horror film. Absolutely. Yes. Just the tension that the uh, soundtrack alone builds throughout the entire thing, that it never lets up. The only time you find the soundtrack in that film lets up is when Jack Nicholson needs all the space possible to ham it up in the most terrifying way imaginable. Other than that, it's just ear-piercing strings the whole mm -hmm. way through, which keeps you on edge. We've also got monster movies, and these, of course... Um, that's quite a broad category because I, I suppose mean, we've if got a, we've got a few right behind us, or like the oh, thing, yeah. for example. Yeah, that's right. what I have in mind. Um, Alien, I suppose you could argue is a, a monster movie, isn't it? The first one definitely. Aliens is just a Vietnam War movie, but I'd argue. That yeah, I well. wouldn't say Aliens is a horror movie at all. It's more of a an action movie, yeah. isn't it, than anything else? But um, yeah, the first film certainly, and a good example of it, I would say. Um, I, I, do, I do like a monster movie, but they're more entertaining than anything else. I, I don't really find them scary at all in the same way that the sort of supernatural think, and psychological the, horror the, stuff. The thing, because of how clever it is with the monster, 
builds a lot of tension. So I would yeah. say that one can definitely be scary. And also the physical effects used throughout are used really well to generate fear I think rather than just it being like, yeah, they're exploding. Part of the reason is, this is a sort of principle that you get in a lot of other more psychological horror that it plays into it, is that if you overplay your hand and overshow the monster, it becomes normalized and the terror is taken out. of it. It's kind of what happened with Pennywise. He's really unnerving in the first scene and then a bit comical or just a, a, just a threat, but it doesn't petrify you as a viewer. Um, one of the other really good examples of that is Last Night in Soho. I actually really enjoyed the film and it was really unnerving until it got to big faceless CGI monster men coming out of the walls every 10 seconds. Yeah, I found with that film, the last third or so of it really lost it for me. Although I was impressed that the film, uh, the not scary, but the most surprising thing in the film is that it tried to convince me that there would be a straight man at a fashion course at a university. <laughs> Yeah, the, the suspension of disbelief that you would need there is... At straight out of the window. Mm. You kind of lead into something interesting about the monster movies because they're kind of, I don't know, split in two on this because sometimes they can be the most basic, straightforward, uh, forbidden planet style man in a gorilla suit with a deep sea diving hat on. Creature it, from the Black Lagoon kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. It can literally just be a monster. But then you've highlighted uh, aliens, uh, alien aliens, a thing where... The monster has got so much more going on about it, and there's so much more under the surface. And I find that like it's it's really split over how complex that kind mm -hmm. of horror is. I find that it works more as a sort of action thriller than it does necessarily as a horror film. I don't find them scary necessarily, but I find the plots sort of interesting, and I feel invested in the story, which isn't something I typically always feel like in a horror film. It's kind of there for spectacle sometimes well, well for one that you watched last night even that kind of goes into is more of a psychological horror the whole way through but certainly has some monsters in it in, in the mouth of madness that's very psychological for the vast majority of the runtime and then there are monsters in it that you get brief glimpses of but i don't think you see them for more than five to ten seconds at a time so that makes them much more effective because if you did see them up close for longer than that they would lose their effectiveness yeah, monsters are like sprinkles on a cake, aren't they? If you make the whole cake of it, it's rubbish. If you put some on the top, it elevates it. I think that's yeah. uh, with the psychological <laughs> horror of the kind of story that In the Mouth of Madness is trying to tell. It helps to know that there is a big demonic threat behind everything, so that you know, okay, the world is screwed if the bad guy gets his way. But you don't want to be overexposed to it, just like real life. Mm. Yeah, and. Uh, Another genre, which I know Connor is a fan of, uh, is the uh, the slasher film. Yes. Uh, slashers are inherently reactionary. <laughs> they are a response to the sexual revolution. They essentially set up all of these irresponsible teenagers on, on some drunken, drug-fueled holiday who are chagging each other as warranting retribution by some sort of spirit that's, that's manifested, be it Jason Voorhees, who's died in the bottom of the lake because his camp counselors were too busy getting it off to help the disabled kid from being bullied. Or Freddy Krueger, who comes back as the vengeful spirit because the town's parents decided to do some actual parenting for once and go and burn him alive. And it's always the final girl that's the most virtuous one that outlasts it, outwits said monster until she puts him in the ground for the next sequel. Yeah, it is interesting that they play off of people's guilty conscience in a sense because there's a, a, a weird twist to it whereby... You sort of justify them being brutally murdered by them just having minor character flaws, which, to be fair, when I read the news, sometimes I like to think, oh, 
<laughs> oh, this person's died in a tragic accident, but I bet they ate really smelly food on the train. Yeah, were I Michael Myers? <laughs> therefore, I feel a little bit less bad, yeah. I bet this person had really tinny earphones that didn't block out the sound on public transport. It, it works, though. I mean, it, it makes you disturbingly justify it somewhat in your own head, which is the scary thing. It really helps thing. To, to block out your humanity, mm. yes. It does, yeah. Well, the interesting thing about the emergence of the genre as well is that they weren't consciously trying to do that. It was just they were trying to insert as much sensationalism because, of course, with the waning of the Hayes Code as well, in certain theatres they could get away with putting more bare breasts and, and gore in it. It just so happens that by the, um, the deluge of stuff initially that they put in it for the sensationist content that they were the ones that were, that were getting killed and so it just became a genre trend and so the morality emerged organically out of the genre because it's what the people wanted <laughs> I mean Cap Cabin in the Woods we mentioned earlier mm. made fun of that I think the first kill in that film is one of the the female character who's having sex with Chris Hemsworth in the middle of a forest who literally rips her top off and then almost immediately villains come out of nowhere of the, uh, of the woods and then behead her. Well, that's what happens on Friday the 13th, isn't it? Kevin Bacon's just got done shagging his bird and then he's laying against the bed and suddenly the harpoon comes through his neck. Oof. Yeah. I've not watched Friday the 13th. What? None of I, them? I've, I've, I'm sadly a bit of a slasher virgin. Okay. Slasher. I would survive to the end of the slasher film. <clears throat> okay, slasher marathon is required. I feel like you're going to mm. judge me for the taste here. Um, so Halloween's mostly good. Number number one's a classic. I, I've, I've watched half of one, but then was in an inebriated state at university and fell asleep. Apologies. That's inexcusable. I know how that goes, yeah. So yeah. the first is first is great and it's classic. Two, I think, is my, minorly better, despite the mask being terrible. You could you could go worse, you know. Yeah, um, four's pretty good as well, but they ruin the twist at the end and waste it. The rest of them just suck. Isn't H the third one where what's his uh, where John Carpenter come back comes back and tries to turn it into an anthology series? Yes, yes. Yeah. I've heard of, I've known a lot of defenders of the third one. Season no. of the Witch is ridiculous and people hate it because it's not Michael Myers, but watched independently, it's a fun romp. That's basically. very reactionary. How so? So everything is going wrong because uh, your uh, your main protagonist he's uh, playing about. He's a bit of a Jack the mm. Lad. He's uh, slapping nurses' asses. He's uh, eventually he goes and shags a random girl that he goes on the adventure. Sounds like your kind of lad, Josh. He leaves his what? children alone to be parented by the TV, and that's mm. how they are subverted and uh, and destroyed. Yeah, he takes advantage of that woman's dad's disappearance, and then she yeah. turns out to be a crazy robot as well. Yeah. Okay. Crazy right. robots. So, okay. This is really getting whole, into your territory. The whole thing yeah. is get the kids away from the TV. Don't go into commercialism. You got to be there, and you got to be loyal. That's true. Also, the message of Friday, um, not Friday the 13th, Night Run Elm Street is uh, uh, Hang Pedos. So that's that's very good. Uh, they're good. Yeah. And yeah. then Friday the 13th, best one is I mean, number seven. Number seven. because What a specific number. Because Jason fights basically a ripoff of Carrie and has a telekinetic battle. It's cool. Oh, I did recently watch the first Carrie, the uh, Brian De Palma one. Oh, um, for the first time in full, I'd watch this. And I've got to say, as much as it is a classic, 90% of that film is just quite boring build-up to the one scene that everybody's waiting for when she goes psycho and kills everyone. 
I feel I feel a knife in the heart there. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, How I, could you do that? I mean, it's short enough that it doesn't matter that much for me, but most of it was just filler that, ah, we just really need to get to this one scene, the bit that you're all waiting for. It's you, we know what you're after. It's mad as well, because in Stephen King's sort of semi-autobiographical book on writing, Carrie was his first book, and as a first-time author, he got a down payment of like $250,000. Bloody hell. Yeah, it's just astronomically lucky. How on earth do you get all that money as a writer? As a first-time author, yeah, it was an ins- it was an had insane. Had he done response. short stories before that had got yeah. public uh, published and gotten notor- notoriety? Back of magazines. Yeah, he was doing that grind of getting your short stories out, and then uh, yeah, he just hit it big, really big with Carrie. That's what Elroy Hubbard did as well with sci-fi. Yeah, and then in his later years, he turned out to be an. In- insane liberal and also in the 80s did a lot of coke which apparently explains and excuses away why he wrote particular scenes in it well you do know he's hit by a car and got severe head trauma yeah that makes sense is that why his face looks like that <laughs> yeah that's why he dresses like a lesbian now yeah. anyway more horrifying things sorry <laughs> so there are two more genres of films um, there's the body horror and sort of horror typified by extreme gore which Probably are my least favourite. I don't know about you guys, but depends who's doing it. I'm not a huge fan of saw type films. My, my sister loves them. Horrible. For some reason, my sister, she's a huge like gore porn fan. And she's watched <laughs> what a horrible t- term. <laughs> that's what the, that's what the, the, a lot I have heard that before, yeah. yeah. She's watched all of the Saw films, she's watched all of the hostile films. She can get through all of those, no problem. She struggled to get through American Psycho. She found it too disturbing. I told her, you know that's a comedy, and she said, no, I couldn't stand it. I just, it, it was really unsettling to me, which very, very strange. Probably just fancied Patrick Bateman. Maybe, but um, <laughs> many such cases. Cope. But um, David Cronenberg body horror style films. I've only watched Videodrome, but that was a film that actually has a lot more to say than you would expect from someone who's mainly characterised as just the body horror gore kind of guy, and the body horror that is in there is more subtle and more inventive than you would expect. I might have an underrated pick, and I think you discussed this recently, but it's the second episode of Creep Show, which actually has Stephen King in it. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's half decent. So he finds like an alien meteorite and is slowly transformed into this weird furry into Stephen King. Yeah. Yeah. Um he's like a like a vegetable person over time, but it's really unnerving. <laughs> Covered in moss, basically. It <clears throat> takes him over. Was it Lonesome Death of Geordie Verrill? Yes, that was name. it. Vegetable person. It, he literally gets covered in moss, basically, whilst watching, seeing visions of basically every authority figure is played by the same actor who is also playing his dad. Mm. So you can read into that a little bit. Yeah, There's definitely into- elements of Freudian psychology and stuff there. It's sort of the emphasis on the parents, that is. Of course, that's still integral in other um, psychological fields as well. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, specifically serial killers um, and, you know, Norman bates in mm-hmm. psycho but uh, as we were saying off air it basically becomes a human learn route so it's like a wurzel gum- gummage of horror then kind of what a yeah. deep pull how do you know wurzel gummage you, i'm from the west country oh, he's, he's a mascot of us <laughs> he's a local hero <laughs> josh's got his dancing head on today <laughs> you know uh, since you referenced cronenberg i've got a picture in so much of that is is equally reactionary concerned well v- video drone when you look at it it's not even you don't even have to dig particularly deep. It's quite on the surface level that that film is about television rotting your brain, turning you into an automaton that will go with all of the popular opinions of the day and how you should switch off the TV because it is trying to put satanic messages in your brain. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, uh, The Brood is basically about uh, basically divorce, wrecking children or uh, sexual liberation, destroying families, and then this uh, creating effect, effectively vengeful ghosts of children that would have been going out to uh, seek vengeance. What's the one about the high rise where there's an STD that makes you really sex crazed and everyone sleeps with each other until they die? Isn't that a Cronenberg Shits, I believe. Is, is that, uh, I, I know that there's a f- body horror film. I don't think it's Cronenberg. I think it's just called Society. <laughs> yeah, Brian Yuzna. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. I thought that was a joke. <laughs> no, no. It, no, it's literally called Society. And my, I've not watched it, but my friend has told me about it, that for the majority of the film, it's just a goofy 80s wacky comedy. Oh, look at all of these highfalutin aristocrat, uh, aristocratic types. Aren't the way they be- isn't the way they behave so silly? And then at the end of the film, it turns out they're all part of a demonic mass flesh amalgam that all have demonic weird sex with one another and d- 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 kill one another in bloody and gory ways. It's very strange. I need to watch it. It's it's quite special. I mean, who- because from what I've heard as well, it's such a jarring cutoff point of the film. It's normal, 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 normal body horror gore everywhere. With no hint beforehand. I've not even heard of it before. I, I, I'm interested in watching it. I might watch it soon. Because mm-hmm. my friend says he saw it on the television by accident when he was about five years old and it scarred him. Scarred him for life. <laughs> Somewhat similar with me and um, Charlie Brooker's zombie show, Dead Sec. Oh, great. Which is great thing. has some scenes near the end of it which are pretty intense and horrifying, which I walked in on my parents watching when I was nine and scarred me forever. I don't think I've ever heard of it. I didn't even... Uh, Imagine Big Brother, except while Big Brother is happening, the zombie apocalypse happens and all of the people who are in the Big Brother house try and hole up and survive, except okay. because of the Big Brother house tensions, they mm-hmm. all already hate each other. So um, if you're from outside of the UK, uh, this is a reality TV show. I think they have Big Brother in the US, don't they? There are other countries other than the United States. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> I'm sorry, that was way meow cattier than I intended. But um but yeah, it's basically just a reality TV show where um either some attention seeking uh normal people or washed up celebrities go into a house and drum up some fake drama for views, really. I well think in, in, in this you get the catharsis of them all being eaten by zombies at the end. I would actually watch it if that happened. I want all reality TV shows to end in that way. <laughs> then I might actually bother to watch them. And um, You want climbing for dollars to be made for real, right? That is a great reference. I don't know this. He hasn't my seen head. Running Man. Oh, gutted. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> Running Man. And no, I... Harry hasn't, even oh, though he looks like Captain Freedom. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I think you sent me a picture of him. Yeah, he looks Strapping like Jesse Ventura. Yeah, he was the only one that actually had had the tenacity to fight with honor because they were going to load him up with a big kitchen utensil thing and say, no, I'm not using weapons, I'm fighting him hand-to-hand, man-to-man. And they were like, no, we, we need to do it for views. They just CGI'd him over killing someone else. It was like... <laughs> Given my lack of context, you might as well have been speaking Egyptian to me. <laughs> Connor does great, this sometimes. It's a great Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, oh, right. back me up. I, I, mm. I know that it's a Schwarzenegger film, I've just not watched it. Stephen King novel as well, isn't it? Yes, it Backman, was. He had his, uh, his different pen name. Well, St- uh, Richard Bachman. He published Stephen Denver. King has so many adaptations out there. Didn't he do the um, ad- uh, adapt my book for a dollar thing, where if you were a budding filmmaker, you could buy the rights of one of his books for a dollar and make a make an adaptation of it? Because he was just eager to let people 
start their careers off with an adaptation. I do not remember that, but it would explain a lot of the adaptations. That's why there are so many out there. (laughs) I've suffered through a lot of those things, you know. (laughs) So the final genre I wanted to talk about was... uh, this it might be disputed because it's a style of filming, but I feel like it deserves its own genre, not only because I kind of enjoy them, but the found footage film. Mm. Yes. And they've yeah. got a sort of unique uh, aesthetic to them, obviously, other than it being a handheld camera, therefore you can get away with a lower budget um, for the production. But I think that it makes it feel a lot more immersive and therefore actually a bit scarier because my main problem is with a lot of horror films, is that I don't find them that scary. Other than, say, the supernatural ones or some of the psychological horror ones, I really have to go to sort of the found footage where it, it looks like a video you might find on the internet or something like that. That's why I kind of find it appealing, is that it makes it very believable that the footage is kind of a bit rubbish, a bit grainy. It's from the, the character's perspective. I'm thinking things like the Blair Witch Project, which, you know, wasn't, an amazing film, but I quite enjoyed it for what it was. And uh, I, although it did inspire a lot of uninspired films following on from it, there's there's something to so that. You already way said of Paranormal Activity. That's probably that. Is that the highest grossing found footage I, film ever? I probably. Think Blair, which is probably still topped it, but we could look at the stats. Um, I mean, there's there's classy stuff as well. But you kind of know what you're getting with those because like there's just a formula to it, like a very simple formula. And they're made. Strictly to be low budget. Yeah. Shaky cam, scary stuff, um, slowly ratcheting tension at the end, the camera is dropped and someone's dragged off. Um, I will every say every time. I've, I've seen more them. I've seen more rubbish ones than I've seen good ones. I've seen a really inventive one, even though the acting is a bit crap, unfriended. I oh, so yeah. good. Yeah, I thought it was really well framed yeah. actually. Yeah. It was uh, I heard a lot of people complaining about it when it came out. The, so I'd never I never watched the it. The high I, school acting is I think you two are the only people I've heard be positive about it, so go on. Well, it's genuinely well-structured as to where the entire thing takes place within the computer screen between apps, and so you only see the cast, they switch back to the Skype call and things like that. So it's almost like multimedia on Mm. the fly, Uh, and it's unsettling how they keep getting taken out one by one, and it has that moral catharsis element in there as well, of where it's the vengeful spirit of some girl whose suicide got live-streamed, and each of them play the role. It's like Murderous 13 Reasons Why, basically. Nice. Yeah, there's there's a couple like that that they should not work, but they did. Like uh, So Unfriended, I thought it would be trash. really liked it. The sequel, which wasn't really a sequel to it, it was just sort of, uh, it had a suffix jammed onto it, so it's Unfriended to Dark Web. Totally different production, but retrofitted. Oh no, they found 4chan. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, and well, Host Host came out in lockdown. It's like 60 minutes long. Uh, ridiculously good. It's like, it shouldn't work, but it takes place over a Zoom call. Yeah, great stuff. Maybe little scene, but... With, with found footage, you can also get the hybrids. One film that I remember seeing in the cinema, which I've seen since and is thoroughly okay is Sinister, if you've watched that one. I didn't find it scary. I didn't find it it scary, but I thought it was okay with the story that it was trying to tell. What was the name of the monster again? Because... The Bagul. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's why I didn't find it scary. Because um, so we played you, you by say the name of the monster, Slipknot which, yeah, which looks like Jim Root from Slipknot. So that's even in the cinema when yeah, I watched I was, it. I was conditioned not to find it scary. I'm just like, hey, that's the band I used to listen to when I was a kid. It's not a scary. It film. would have been amazing if at the end credits he just broke out a guitar solo and like broke out a guitar, started ripping a, fa- a, a great solo or something. Yeah, that's how you make your monster not scary. Is you call them Bagul. Freddy Freddy Krueger raps. It, Freddy Ru- Krueger can throw out bars. Well, not in any of the movies, mm-hmm. I'm sure in five he does, doesn't he? I don't think it's in the movie it was released, but Jason Voorhees did. You know, like put someone in a sleeping bag and then beat them to death by just whacking them against a tree. Oh, that's twice. The that's best one is funny. the one in the paintball game where he throws a guy at a tree, he lands at the tree, and there's a perfect <laughs> imprint of like the watchman's smiley face yeah. in the tree for no reason. That's amazing. But no, no, Sinister tried to be fun by having the found footage elements where he's finding the videotapes, the old, um, the, the old uh, video reels in the attic and then watches through them. So it switches from the monster supernatural oh I'm being haunted in my spooky house to then watching over the found footage so it's trying to hybridize it and it was it was fine there were there are elements of games that do that as well that do it quite effectively I'm thinking like Outlast Outlast is the one that I'm thinking of the batteries in the camera and use the night vision or occasionally didn't the not the original Slender Man that was basically a uh, two-bit game the um, of the arrival had elements mm. of that as well. A really good use of that was actually in Resident Evil 7. I if you ever played that, that, because there are various videotapes that you can find throughout the house that you're exploring, and then you can watch the videotapes and you go into the world of the videotape and find out what happened before. And those are some of the most effective scares in the game. I think the hybrid format works really well for that because it is so formulaic. It's nice to break out occasionally. Um, there's one called I want to say the taking of Deborah Logan, which I think also hybridizes it. it. You might see it as just the taking now, but that's got a lovely bit of nastiness to it. Have any of you seen Wreck, no. Spanish language? I've heard it as a very good, um, I've heard of it as being a really, really, really good iteration of the subgenre, but I've not watched it myself. All right. I was just going to shill it for that. For anyone who's curious, who wants to see a really good one, I was going to wreck There's it. one that I've watched called, it's not Wreck, but it's a similarly short name. It's called like Video Record or something. I, f- I forget what it's called, but it was rubbish. VHS? Yeah, that's the one. That, it's trash, isn't that it? Was sh- that was rubbish. <laughs> that was absolute. I had to see it three times. It's so painful. Why have you watched it three times? <laughs> I'm a professional. I'm not even a professional. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're a punishment. Can I, can I ask, actually, you, you might be able to be the best person to pigeonhole this. Um, Harry and I, you recently subjected us to Eden Lake, which Harry hated. I found really uncomfortable. Um, it's Owen Jones' least favourite film for anyone who doesn't know it. Well, I'm going to like it then. Yeah, well, well, it, well it, no, it's your worst nightmare because it's the underclass, like Harry, hunting down middle-class <laughs> holiday goers. The, the bad, oh, the bad not hunting guys, down me. The bad guys are literally chavs hunting down uh, holiday makers in the forest. That's two on the nose for me. I live in Swindon. That's just not horror. <laughs> That's just reality. Chavs, not migrants. Anyway. To watch the full video, please become a premium member at lotuseaters.com. <laughs>